Hey ladies, welcome to the Looking Above podcast. It's easy to get bogged down in details of everyday life. If we aren't intentional, our eyes can easily be pulled away from the Lord and we can set our gaze on things of earth. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. My name is Karen Boffman and I'm the women's pastor at New Life Church in Gillette, Wyoming. I believe that our perspective changes everything. So together, we'll be looking above. Welcome back to Looking Above. This is episode 27. And again, we are in season three. And this season, we are working our way through the book of Ephesians. We're talking about how we grow together. And today, we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter three. And we're going to do the whole chapter. We're going to try and tackle a whole chapter today. A little ambitious, but we can do it. We can do it. We'll be fast. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then our discipline for the day is the discipline of meditation. And I'm really excited for that part of this discussion because Brooklyn is so good at this discipline and I've learned a lot from her and you will too. I love meditation. (laughs) All right. So let's get started. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, to set the scene, Karen, where... Where is Paul? Tell us about the scene of yeah, this. Yeah. Well, we see um, in the first verse and then kind of echoed back down in the 13th verse here that Paul is in prison right now. And it's easy to just kind of gloss over that, like Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and just think, oh, he means like he's tethered to Metaphorically. Jesus. Yes, <laughs> this is a metaphor. Um, but then in verse 13, you know, he's telling them, don't lose heart because of my trials. Like I'm suffering for you. And we know that Paul was in prison a lot. Yes. (laughs) So I think it's just an important thing to note that we have trials. I don't think we even understand the half of what some Christians endure for their faith and what he went through. But just keeping that in mind, because he's so positive in this book and what he's talking about, and he's so happy and so excited about all this, but the man is literally in prison, and prison was not a cushy experience back then. Right, yeah. Um, And yeah, he was just really grateful, and it's inspiring. Yeah, yeah. So... Tell us your words. Last week we talked about how Karen highlights words yeah. throughout the section that we're going over. Yeah. Um, so I had a couple of words, but the main one that hit me this week was the word plan. And yeah. it's funny because you didn't even notice it I in didn't. there. But I think it's in here like five or six times in this um, 17 verses. But it talks over and over about God's mysterious plan, his plan regarding Christ. This is God's plan, the mysterious plan, his eternal plan. So over and over, he hits this, this thing about plan. And I will note, that if you look at this, I don't know if the version you read has these little dot, dot, dots at the end of verse one. Yes. But um, verse one, and then we jump down to verse 14. I think verse 14 is where Paul was actually going with this. So he says, when I think of all this, like this last passage that we just talked about in chapter two, when I think of all of this, and then he kind of gets sidetracked. Assuming, by the way, like this is this whole verses two through 13 are kind of an aside. 
right. that he kind of rambles and then he gets back to where he was going originally in verse 14. So this middle part here, though, is all him just kind of talking about this plan and this mysterious plan and not that it's mysterious like ooh (laughs) you know but that it's something that they didn't used to understand this wasn't something that God made clear from the beginning the Jews did not understand that God's plan was to include the Gentiles they they didn't understand that but God had a plan for this he was very intentional and he knew that when Jesus was coming, he would be reconciling not just the Jews, but also the Gentiles to Jesus. His plan was to redeem the whole world. And as I was thinking about this, I kept thinking about you. <laughs> so you're a very structured, organized, planned person. That's your personality. Yeah. That's your nature. How do you feel when you hear that, when you read these verses and you really think about the fact that God has a plan. There was a plan. There was great intention for someone who that just kind of resonates with. That's the way I work. That comforts Uh, me because plans comfort me. That's why I make plans every single day. I have a checklist. mm -hmm. Um, That's why doing this podcast makes you a little crazy. It stresses me out a tiny bit. (laughs) Karen (laughs) likes to wing things and and I like to go over things, but it's fine. I'm learning. I'm growing. I have an unstructured plan. (laughs) (laughs) It's a plan. No one can see it. Um, (laughs) But I think I even this morning as I was reading this, I didn't realize that it was mentioned six times. Mm -hmm. But as I was rereading this this morning, I when I saw the part about God's mysterious plan, I sat with that for a little bit and was like, oh, that is so comforting. Like, even though I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or I have no Mm -hmm. control over that, Mm -hmm. God does. And that does give me peace. Right. Yeah. I mean, think about this. Like, God had this plan since before he created the earth. Right. And, and, you know, he talks about this mysterious plan and talks about the fact that um, before they didn't understand this, right? So there were so many years, hundreds of years of people living when they didn't understand. Right. And you can even bring that to now. There's so much. I hear people all the time say, oh, that was God's plan. Or, Mm -hmm. and sometimes, you know, we don't, we're not going to see Mm -hmm. the actual reasoning, but a lot of times people are like, oh, his plan was much better than mine, but it's after. Right. And in the middle of it, it's hard to remember this is part of God's plan. Right. He's working it for our good. Right. Yeah. So yeah, just comfort in knowing that. I think that's, just a neat, a neat thing to bring up. Yeah. And just notice that um, there is a plan. Yeah. I and it's it. mentioned six times in this one <laughs> chapter, and I love that. <laughs> yep. Um, so Paul is in prison, mm-hmm. but even before, mm-hmm. before he knew Jesus, mm-hmm. tell us about Paul's past. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Paul, um, it says he was born in Tarsus. This is in Cilicia. This is a Roman... Um, a part of the Roman Empire. Okay, mm-hmm. so he was not born in Judea, but he was a Jew, and they believe that his parents were both Pharisees. Mm-hmm. So he was raised in this strict, strict Jewish home where, and this is why I, I just think this is so ironic and so God, and we have to mention this, but um, you know, God told the Jews in the Old Testament time that they were not to intermingle, intermarry, not to copy the customs of other nations. Mm-hmm. So here he is. They're living in a Gentile nation as Jews. So he was probably like in the strictest way 
kept from his Gentile neighbors. They had to adhere to their Jewish customs very strictly because of who his parents were. It was, and so he was like separate from the Gentiles. And then God eventually calls him to be the one who takes the word to the Gentiles. So there's like, I just see so much irony in this. Um, Paul at some point was sent to Judea to go through uh, rabbinical training. He went through all of that. He eventually becomes a lawyer. We see uh, his story a lot in the book of Acts, and mm-hmm. that's where we see him eventually. Um, he was very anti-Jesus. Yes. Very anti-Jesus. He was persecuting the church. He would go into these first churches and literally rip Christians out, throw them into jail. He was yeah. persecuting the church when he eventually encounters Jesus and Jesus comes to him and says, Mm -hmm. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? You know, on the road to Damascus, this beautiful story that most of us have read and like, it's just so crazy. And what I want us to remember here is that Paul, someone who was so far from Jesus and brought up to just literally hate Christians, right? um, God then uses him to build the church, to spread the church, to take the word of God to the Gentiles. And it's just so ironic. Like, yeah. Um, and I think the way that we can see that is that none of us is disqualified. It doesn't matter what our past is. It doesn't matter where we've been. It doesn't matter if we've hated God in the past. It doesn't matter if we've taunted Christians in the past. It doesn't matter if we've been in prison or been on drugs or whatever it is. God can redeem that. And sometimes with great irony calls us back to those places to share him with others. Yeah. And I think it goes outwardly too. Like uh, just because she, she is someone mm-hmm did drugs or was in jail or whatever it was, we don't get to say, oh, God wouldn't use her. Right. I don't need to share the word with her because God would never use her because we don't know. Right. Right. Or or even discredit their ministry. Yeah. Because if God has changed their heart and called them, like Paul's conversion, and it sometimes is confusing because his name was also Saul, but it just depends on which kind of language you're looking at here. Um, But Saul, Paul... um, had this tremendous transformation, literally like overnight transformation Mm -hmm. from persecuting Christians to sharing Christ. And so much so that the churches were looking at him and they were terrified. He was coming in to share with them and they were like, whoa, 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 we don't trust you. Right. Yeah. And sometimes we have that same response. Mm -hmm. Like, "Mm, I don't trust him. I don't trust her. Do you know where they've been? Right. But let's not discredit each other when God gets a hold of us. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Hmm. Um, so let's go to this next chunk, mm-hmm. um, verses 14 through 21. Yeah. So you mentioned something to me, to me earlier, and I want you to kind of elaborate. So you okay. said you can have paternity without fatherhood. Mm, yeah. So. Yeah. So the beginning of this in verse 14, he says, I fall to my knees and pray to the father. And I just want us to consider, so we're talking about meditation today, and we'll get more into that, but one of the ways that we can meditate is to meditate on who God is and on his attributes. And so I think sometimes we have these strange views of fatherhood, and so then it's hard for people to come to God as father, maybe yeah. because of their experience or the fathers mm-hmm. that they've seen earthly in earthly um, nature. So people can father a baby. They can have paternity. They can pass a paternity test. Right. 
um, contribute DNA to someone and not father that person. And we see that all the time, right? We live in this world and humans fail and we see dads who just don't step up and aren't dads, but that's not the kind of father that God is. Like this is such a beautiful image when we talk of God as father, when it talks about being able to pray to him as father. um, I think we just need to consider it's an entirely different kind of father than many people have experienced. And it's really this deep, deep love and this closeness. Um, And, you know, you just think about your closest human relationship maybe, and just think it's even more than that in the way that God cares for us and loves us as father. And with that um, is just this kind of transformation from the Old Testament thinking to the New Testament thinking, and that's we have access to our Father. So in Old Testament times, God was seen as far off. His presence came and resided in the Holy of Holies in the temple, and only one person was allowed in there, and that was like the high priest, right? Right. So one person was able to go into God's presence. Everyone else, you could not do that. And then because of Jesus, you know, the curtain was torn and Mm -hmm. access was opened up and Everyone, including the Gentiles, which this is like a crazy concept to any Jew in this period, but we all have access to God. And that's slightly daunting to think like, I can talk to God. Whoa, wait, God, like God, God who could literally just smite me, (laughs) God who could, you know, who, who could, has so much power. I have access to him. That's partially daunting. But then when we put this back into the perspective of, but he's father. Yeah. And it says um, (laughs) that we can come to him boldly and confidently. Yes. Yes. So elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah. I think um, just we don't have to be timid. You know, we can come to him. It says because of Christ and our faith in him, because of Jesus's work, we don't have to cower. We don't have to say, oh, I'm not good enough or I'm too messed up or God doesn't want to hear from me. It says we can come boldly and confidently. Jesus has made us pure and holy and right in God's eyes. And because of that, we can come into his presence and I'm, it's just is such a privilege. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And that kind of brings us into meditation because mm-hmm. when we sit and we think about that, mm-hmm. it just, it blows my mind. Mm-hmm. I say that a lot in this podcast, yeah. but it really does. It's just yeah. such a privilege, like you said. It's it's a lot. And I think there's there are a lot of things in this part of the, um, in this part of the chapter that we can pick out when we talk about meditation. I'll just mention real quickly a couple of others that you could just sit with mm-hmm. in meditation. Um, part In verse 16, it talks about from his glorious, unlimited resources. Like we could just meditate on the abundance of God, on what he owns, on what he has power over, on what he possesses, on what he is able to give to us. We so often ask these little things of God. And you look at verse 20, one of my favorite verses, all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask. 
ask or think. So pair that with this fact, like he has glorious unlimited resources. God's riches are abundant. His standard of giving is overflowing. We ask for these little favors of God and God has at his disposal, literally everything. Infinitely (laughs) and unlimited. Those are the words that are used. Yeah. So like, that's something that we could meditate on. Um, this, idea of inner strength through his spirit, like that God can give us just this abundant strength to go through trials, to do what he's calling us to do. We could meditate on the fact that his spirit resides within us and gives us that power. So just meditating on his power. Yeah. Um, verse 17 talks about this idea of our roots growing down into him. Like what an image to just sit with mm-hmm. is our roots growing down into God and them being nourished in love, just taking that love and soaking it in and just thinking about that, like growing down into God, um, building our lives on him. And I love um, in verse 17, it says, Christ will make his home in your hearts. And the Greek word there means, like if we translated it literally, settle down as a permanent resident. Permanent. Permanent. These words are just so vast that you have to sit with them. Right, right. So yeah, so that's when we um, talk about meditation. I kind of want us to shift and do that now. Um, Often meditation is just that. Like you have to slow Mm -hmm. down and look at this. And we could read this passage and be like, oh yeah, that's beautiful. Empower with inner strength and make his home in your hearts and let your love go down deep into him and his love is deep and wide and high and long and like we can yeah. uh, we can gloss over that and be like that's amazing and God has big love and okay but that's not what meditation is about it's not about reading it just to read it to get a surface understanding of it what is meditation so i ha- i my own personal <laughs> description of meditation is conscious intentional effort to be still and focus mm. um yeah and, and that's different also, than yeah. what the world talks about when we talk about meditation. So often we're thinking of the Eastern religious. Yeah, which concept. is different. Mm-hmm. So Eastern meditation um, is emptying yourself out. You're supposed to sit and get rid of all your thoughts, get rid mm-hmm. of everything within you. Mm-hmm. But Christian meditation, and we have to be careful because we want to do this in a way that honors God. Mm-hmm. Christian meditation is about being filled. Right. Um and yeah, I love meditation, as and you said. It's very deliberate and it's very focused mm-hmm. and it's, it is contemplating mm-hmm. God, not emptying ourselves of all thought. Right, <laughs> right. Right. And it's related to prayer mm-hmm. and related to the study of scripture. Yes. Um, but it's also, and so those are also two other disciplines, mm-hmm. but it also is dependent on silence and solitude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So you were saying that, you know, when your your personal practice of meditation often includes or can look like four different things. Yes. Maybe. Um, yep. And so that's kind of neat to think about, too. Like, this isn't a one-size-fits-all. No. So talk about that. What, what could meditation look like or what 
what are some ways that we meditate? So practically speaking, four different ways that you could meditate um, is meditating on God's word, which you've been talking a lot Mm -hmm. about through this passage. It's just picking a small part or a verse and sitting with that and letting it sink into you. Mm -hmm. Um, Another one would be meditating on God's attributes, which we've also talked about. Mm -hmm. Um, And just, again, sitting with that and really letting that sink in. Right. Um, my favorite is just listening mm-hmm. and being still, mm-hmm. which sounds hard, and I'm going to talk more about it later, but it's I listen for God, and um, and it is hard, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> um, and then the other one would be meditating on God's works in your life, so mm-hmm. kind of similar to celebrating, but sitting with and being like, wow, he really did that for me. Like, he mm-hmm. loves me so much that he would yeah. do that. X, Y, and Z for me. Yeah. I told you I was reading about a Puritan pastor and his um, experiences with meditation. And he uh, listed nine different things that we can do. um, And they really correlate a lot with what you just said. But I thought it was interesting, you know, because again, it is, it's, it's focusing on Jesus, specific aspects and of his character mm-hmm. or or on the word. And so he I'm just gonna read this list because I think it's so cool. He said these are all different ways or yeah, ways that we can meditate. Knowing, considering, desiring, hoping, believing, loving, enjoying, calling, and conforming. And I think that's also part of it is that the end result is conforming. So once we think about it, then we're conforming into his likeness. We're, Mm -hmm. we're thinking about Jesus so that we can be more like him. Right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. I've got so many questions for you. Oh, good. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So here we go. Um, you, this is a spiritual discipline and it's one that you have been very intentional with. So tell us why and when did you start um, putting this discipline into your life? Honestly, I don't think I even knew it was a discipline. Mm -hmm. Um, I was in, I talked about this last season, but Mm -hmm. I was in a really rough time um, because of some friendships that had let me down. And I remember feeling so alone and like nobody understood me. And I started getting up early. I honestly feel like God woke me up early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I was sitting with him. And I was just, I don't, I really don't know how it got brought to do this, but I think he did it. And mm-hmm. I was sitting and I just was listening. And, um, and he started revealing things to me that maybe my heart needed to work on or idols that I had. Or he would bring verses to my mind mm-hmm. that I wasn't thinking about. And I would look them up and it would be exactly what I needed to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the more that I did it, the more I wanted to do it because mm-hmm. it was so, so cool. And I always describe that as like I was a Christian before and I did read the Bible and I did all the things. But that really transformed my relationship mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Christ. And yeah. I'm very thankful for it. Right, right. So when you um, get up early and spend time meditating, mm-hmm. just walk us through. What does that look like? Like you said, God wakes you up and, and gives you these <laughs> thoughts. But what what does that look like in practice? Okay. So practically what I do, um, right now in this current season, I'm getting up at 4 a.m. and I get my daughter up at 6. Ooh. <laughs> So I have two hours with him. Um, Not every season is like that. Sometimes it's 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's 15. Um, Right now I'm in a trial, Mm -hmm. trial season. And so I do spend two hours with him and I need it. Um, So I'll wake up at four 
and I go grab my coffee, mm-hmm. I light a candle, and then I sit. I usually start with gratitude and um, and reading the word, but then I sit and I am very quiet, and I try to just focus my mind on God. Mm-hmm. And that sounds very simple, but it is. It's really mm-hmm. simple, but it is so complicated. But also very hard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because when I first started doing that, my brain would go to, oh, what am I doing today? Mm-hmm. Or what are we having for dinner tonight? Or, you know, all mm-hmm. of the things. Um, because you like a plan. Yeah. So my brain would naturally start planning things throughout <laughs> the day and I'd have to redirect it back. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was hard. And mm-hmm. I did. I remember trying this before the experience I told you about and I quit because I was like, well, I'm not good at this I I can't do it and my mm-hmm. brain just doesn't work that way mm-hmm. so and I'm glad you said that because there are many of us who feel that way yeah like this is hard and that's why it is a discipline right and I think something that really helped me is taking out the expectation that my brain was just going to automatically focus on God for an hour mm. and and I was just going to hear all of these I was going to hear his voice in my room and it was going to be I had to change my expectation Mm -hmm. um, and realize that my brain is human and Mm -hmm. it will not do that automatically Mm -hmm. without Mm -hmm. practice. Um, I had talked to you about this and you said it's kind of like weightlifting. Mm -hmm. Like you don't go in and expect to to bench press like 500 pounds. You start light and work your way up. And so that's what I did. I started with five minutes, um, Mm. but some of you... Karen, Mm -hmm. um, who likes to move a lot, might start with one minute or even 30 Mm -hmm. seconds, really whatever Mm -hmm. it is, and then do that for a while and then move up. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, is don't expect your brain to not drift, Mm -hmm. but expect yourself to catch it and then Mm -hmm. redirect it back Mm -hmm. to God Mm -hmm. over and over. It doesn't matter how many times, but just keep redirecting it. Right. Yeah, I like that. So if somebody wanted to start this, I like what you're saying. What are other things that they might keep in mind that might make them more successful? Yeah. <laughs> like, not that success is what, you know what I'm saying? Right, no, I get it. Um, what are some other things that we might need to consider so that we are able to better meditate? One thing is, is if my daughter is awake, I can't do this. <laughs> so, yeah. And that's my struggle. Yeah. yeah. If Daniel wakes up, forget it. Right. So I think, I mean, you don't have to wake up early. If you want to stay up late, you can. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk about how God wakes me up, and he, I really think he does. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he wakes me up in the middle of the night. And mm. I d- listen, and I get up. Sometimes, begrudgingly, I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. want to wake up right now. I have to do stuff tomorrow. But right. it always is healing or what I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, basically setting aside, aside time mm-hmm. to be alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has to be intentional and planned out. Right. Um, especially if you have kids. Mm -hmm. Another Mm -hmm. thing is your phone. Yeah. I have to leave mine in a different room. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do read the YouVersion Bible app some mornings, so Mm -hmm. I'll do that, and then I will go set it away Mm -hmm. from me. Yeah. Um, And even, like, even putting it on silent isn't good enough. You need to go put it in a different room. It needs to not be in the same room with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And that's kind of all I can think about right now, but. Yeah. And then, again, like we talked about, having a plan, I guess, just having a a launching point, right? Mm -hmm. So having either a scripture or even a phrase from scripture, an attribute of God. So if you want to start, you're not just going to sit down and be quiet and have no, like it is meditation. So we are supposed to meditate on something. So um, just coming out of this passage, and like we just said, I think verses 14 through 21, like you could literally spend the whole year 
meditating on bits of this, like just working your way through it almost word by word or phrase by phrase and just really, really um, sitting with these images and these concepts and this view of who God is. So having something that you're going to sit with and maybe sometimes, and I know you often, you know, you'll sit down and be like, okay, God, what do I, what do I need today? Or what do I need to hear? Or what do I need to focus on? Um, and so I think maybe as you've practiced more, you can let God direct that time, but in the start, just to take something out of scripture and sit with that. I went, sometimes he, he doesn't lead me to things and Mm -hmm. a lot of times I'll go to the Psalms. Mm -hmm. Um, but sometimes it's other, Mm -hmm. other passages too. And I think something to remember too is like, it sounds daunting. Like Karen said, you could spend a whole year on this passage. Mm -hmm. You really could because God shows you more and more Mm -hmm. as you, as you meditate on it. And the other thing I just want to mention about that is you're not in this alone. Mm. God is in this with you. And I think that's something that we have to remind ourselves of. Um, This is not done in our strength because we are humans. Um, We do have to be disciplined. We have to make the time to meet him there Mm -hmm. and redirect Mm -hmm. our minds. But he will meet you there and he will give you the, the strength and the power to do this. So, And that's really good for someone like me to hear because <laughs> it is a struggle. So I want you to speak a little bit more to that. For those of us who struggle to even sit still, yeah, um, it's hard. Like I told you this morning, I think I, I sit on my bed and um, trying so hard to <laughs> be disciplined and listen to God. And I think I jumped off my bed like six, seven times. I don't know, because something comes to my brain and then I go do it or I'm not even thinking and I just jump up and go. Like, what what do you say to that? Like to someone who just struggles to even be still, how do they do this? Well, a simple part I think would be redirecting your body, mm-hmm. <laughs> not mm-hmm. just redirecting your mind, but okay, I'm up doing something. I was meditating. I'm going to go sit back down and right. do that. Right. And I think the more you do that, mm-hmm. the easier it will be. Mm-hmm. But also like the Bible doesn't say you need to meditate while sitting crisscross applesauce and looking <laughs> up and your hands in the air. I, so if walking while you're meditating works for you, then mm. maybe you walk or mm-hmm. um, maybe you have a certain room in the house. Mm-hmm. That's the only place you meditate. And like an office, I don't know, mm-hmm. something where, and you just lock the door. <laughs> right. You stay right. in there. So you cannot leave yeah. Karen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think that's important is to know that God meets us all differently. Mm-hmm. He made us all different. Right. And so, um, yes, it's a discipline. So I need to discipline myself, but also I need to have grace yeah. for myself and know that God made me a very active person. So maybe purpose, right. Maybe hopping on the treadmill and walking while I meditate is a better way for me to do it. Yeah. Well, you say you like to do that when you're working too, Mm -hmm. is walk. Mm -hmm. And I share an office with you. So I see how many times you get up, (laughs) but some people's brains do just work better. Right. Moving when they're moving. Yeah. There's like scientific evidence. Yes. Yes. We are all different. Okay. Uh, what are the benefits? What, um, what are the benefits? Why should somebody do this? Um, for me, mm-hmm. I do it because like I said, it was transformative for my relationship with Christ. And mm-hmm. that's why I do it mm-hmm. because I'm in communion with him. And, um, that just literally changes everything for me mm-hmm. throughout my day. Mm-hmm. Like that's why I spend two hours a day right now doing it yeah. because I need that. Yeah. You also said earlier because you're a rule follower. And oh yes. And because the Bible says so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so 
if it's something that God's told us to do, mm-hmm. then we know there's a benefit right. from it. And I was thinking about this this morning while I was trying to make myself sit still was the fact that he says, um, when you seek me with all of your heart, mm-hmm. you will find me. Yeah. And so if we really want to find him, we have to be so intentional. We can't be haphazard in mm-hmm. seeking him. We have to work at it and we have to keep working at it. And I think that's part of it is the benefit is we will find him. Right. Which is why he tells us to do it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. One last thing before we wrap up is we are talking primarily to people who are meeting in small groups, in life groups. And meditation is a personal discipline. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So we want to just take a moment and say like, how do we do this in our groups? Yeah. I had a I had a hard time when you brought that question up to me because yeah. I was like, oh, this is something I do alone. I don't know how I would do it with others. Yeah. Um, so tell tell them what you told me when yeah. you were brainstorming. So it is a personal discipline. It right. is something, like we said earlier, that happens in silence and in solitude. And if you're in a group, it's going to be really hard to get yourself silent and alone when you're with a bunch of people. So it is hard to do. But what I was thinking is that groups could use this by maybe choosing a scripture passage or an attribute of God and saying, okay, in this next week before we get back together, let's all meditate on this. Maybe just spend a whole week meditating on God as Father. Mm -hmm. And then you all spend that week meditating on it. And then when you come back together, just share, like, what did God speak to you? How did he um, touch your heart? How did, what did he reveal to you? What did he challenge you with? And I think in the testimony we share, yeah, that's how we share meditation. And I was saying to Brooklyn earlier, her experiences in meditation are so inspiring to me. And it makes me want to I don't want to say try harder, but try harder. Like it makes me want to be more disciplined and sit more still and be more quiet, even though it's hard for me because I see the benefit that it is in her life. And I told her, and I want you all to hear this. All of us, some of these disciplines are going to come more naturally than others. There are people who are like, man, Bible study, that is just hard and I don't get it. I literally could study the Bible all day long. It is my jam. Like I love it. And I feel like that's where the Holy Spirit speaks to me and reveals things to me. And um, I love doing word studies and I love reading commentaries. And that's my thing. This one is hard for me. And I want you all to hear that. Like it's not going to be easy for everyone. But then when we come together in our groups and in community and we hear from somebody who maybe this is where they are able to really hear from God Mm -hmm. or where they're really able to experience God. We learn about God in community. And there's so much that I can learn about God from what he's speaking to you in your time of meditation. Right. Um, So this is very much a community thing in that God may speak to you personally, but your testimony is going to speak volumes to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And that's how we connect with others. Yeah. And that's why we don't do this alone. Right. Yeah. So, oh, it's been a good one. Thank yes. you, Brooklyn, for sharing about this because I really do admire and um, respect the way that you are so disciplined in in meditation and sitting and listening. And, um, and hopefully others are learning from you as well. 
So uh, we will let you all get to your groups now. Thank you for joining us today. And as always, keep looking above. Bye. Thank you.